0: So tonight is going to be a little bit unconventional, but the way that we're going to do this is that I'm going to begin, and then we have seven people that went to uh, Eswatini or Swaziland with us. If you don't know where that is, um, think of South Africa. If you don't know where that is, it's in the southernmost part of Africa, okay? It's pretty simple. Uh, if you don't know where Africa is, I'm sorry, I, don't, I really don't know what else I can say. It's in the center of earth like like if you look at a flat anyway. So anyway, we went to Africa. Eswatini is a very, very, very small nation uh, in Africa, uh, cut out of South Africa. Can you stop it real quick? Go back to the first, if you don't mind. We'll, we'll get started in just a second. So uh, we're going to go through a PowerPoint slideshow that's got some photos and things. And I'm going to tell you guys what it was that we did. Um, but a couple of things that you have to understand about Eswatini or Swaziland, the reason I say the two names is because it was named Swaziland for a very long time. And it just recently had its name changed. Okay. And so they call it? Kind of both. Um, This country is unique because it is uh, the most AIDS and HIV prevalent country in the world. Uh, 27% of the population of the country has HIV or AIDS. And so because of that, uh, they really don't have much of a middle class or or a middle-aged class. Uh, A lot of small children, many, many, many small children. In fact, they told us uh, at their headquarters, Children's Hope Chest and Adventures and Missions, the organization that we partnered with, they told us that shortly, in just a couple of decades, they would likely have uh, an orphan epidemic in the country. Uh, I, I mean, a massive, massive problem. Uh, life is precious and yet these children will be so plenty that they will not know what to do with them. Uh, the country is unique because it is the last monarchy in Africa. And so uh, the king of of, Af- or of uh, Eswatini believes that the children there, the orphans there, should not be adopted out of the country because they're all family. And so it's a very unique dynamic to the, the society there. They're lovely, lovely people. And the children have an unbelievable joy written all over their faces, and you'll see that in just a moment. But it's a very sad problem because it is, quite frankly, an epidemic of orphans in this country. And so our mission over there was to go and take the gospel and the love of Jesus to children that most of them don't have parents. Some of them are raised by their grandmothers. Uh, And some of them are the head of the household, despite being a teenager or even younger. Uh, And so it's, I mean, it's totally unfathomable uh, that these small, small children would walk so far to get to a care point where they're receiving some nutrients and and some fellowship. So uh, this is uh, the the PowerPoint that we have set up. And I'm going to just kind of walk through it and show you guys some of the things that we saw while we were there and explain some things just to kind of put a mental picture with the things that we experienced. Now, here's the disclaimer. Uh, each of us is going to talk and share some of our thoughts, but this is why, um, we're, we're anxious tonight and I, I'm really not, um, anxious whenever I, I talk in front of people and on Sunday mornings, I'm really not very anxious, but the reason why we're all anxious tonight is because, uh, we kind of have a realization that no matter what we say, we're not going to be able to accurately depict our own feelings. You had to be there. And so we want you to do your very best to to try to connect with us uh, in a way that, unfortunately, we're not going to be able to sufficiently uh, connect ourselves with you. But understand that without you, first of all, this trip would have been impossible. And it made a profound impact on each and every person that went. And our prayer, literally a year ago to now, has been that we would return and that that profound impact would not just be in Eswatini, and it would not just be with the seven that went, but that it would impact this body of believers and this area. Uh, God is an amazing God, isn't he? And so we believe that he can go and make a profound impact for his name's sake, for the gospel's sake, and for the sake of our Lord Jesus Christ. So let's look at the PowerPoint, right? Let's You can go to the next slide, Leanne. Uh, this is in the airport in Atlanta, ready to head to Johannesburg. Um... It's just a picture of us in Atlanta. You can go to the the next one. Uh, we took 21 people, I will say that, 21 people uh, made up from, I think, seven different churches, although most of those were singles from some of those churches. Uh, we were the second largest group from a church. Most of them were from a church called Westwood, uh, which uh, is my home church from when I was uh, growing up. Westwood has been partnering with uh, this care point called Tawani in uh, in Eswatini for 10 years. And so we are sort of going and joining the effort that's been underway for quite some time. Uh, what you see in this picture is a Sunday visit to the Cultural Center. And we met our missionary host, and his name is Greg Mullins. The Mullins family has been in Eswatini for five years. Uh, That's their home. They have two uh, grown children. Uh, Both of them were in college, and they kind of come stateside and then go back uh, pretty frequently. But uh, this cultural visit was just that it was a cultural visit and it was very strange to a lot of us they have monkeys that run around like squirrels run around here and as the uh, the people there would say the monkeys monkeys are very naughty okay uh, because if they see food they'll just snatch it from you and they don't really care what you have to say about it so uh anyway the cultural experience is very unique you can go to the next one miss liam uh, this is another part of that cultural experience. The, the guy on the right over there playing the, the big drum, that's not what they look like, okay? This would be kind of like us going to a Civil War exhibit or something. Uh, this is their history, okay? They dress a lot like we dress. Uh, they're kind of, believe it or not, they're like us in a lot of ways. You can go to the next one. So this is the host home, uh, the missionary home that we stayed in. Um, when you think of a team going to Africa, you may think we stepped, slept, slept in huts and we had dirt floors everywhere. Uh, it was actually very nice uh, in a barbed area, very secure and very safe. Uh, our missionary host home was, we had two host homes that we lived in. Part of our team was in one, part of our team was in the other. This is the dining area, and you can kind of see through that glass door, uh, just kind of an outside patio area. This is where we would have our morning uh, briefings, what we would be doing the rest of the day. And then also after the day was over, we would have dinner and kind of debrief and just share some of the things that we felt like the Lord was teaching us that day. Uh, these were rooms where spiritual battle took place and, uh, really, really encouraging times and, um, good conversations that were had there and go to the next one. Uh, this is the kitchen. Uh, the guy on the right over there, his name is Steve McAdams. He and his family, is, I think he has three daughters, maybe two daughters. They have lived in Eswatini for nine years. The two ladies on the left are locals. They're Swazi women, and they were our cooks and uh, took care of us in a lot of awesome ways. We ate some amazing food while we were there, and they give us dessert every day And. My body didn't like that very much. It it wasn't good for me, but it is what it is. We loved it. Uh, And the other place on the left over there is kind of where we had our buffet style meals each time. You can go to the next one. So this was one of my favorite things that we did. Uh, Monday, so we arrived Saturday in Johannesburg. Sunday was the day that we did the culture event. And then Monday, we sort of had something of a church service. Uh, it was really called a staff meeting is what they called it. And we sang worship songs. Uh, some of them we could not understand. Okay, but, uh, and then I preached. Uh, they asked me to preach that morning. And so um, I, I preached a, a message, a word that morning to these people. I think that there were, do y'all remember how many people there were that morning? I want to say there were well over 100 people in that room. Uh, but there were there's a lot of staff members, locals, uh, Swazi uh, locals that, that are part of this staff. Children's Hope Chest and Adventure in Missions are the two organizations, and so these were the people that we would see throughout the week. That would be shepherds and staff members and interpreters and uh, drivers, transportation experts, and um, just locals that were helping us with our mission. And so this gathering was really special. Uh, their music was beautiful. It was really really something. Um, I'll tell you one funny story. I suppose when we we were beginning our, our worship time, uh, it was about time for me to start preaching, and the the four young girls that were up there singing, they didn't have instruments or anything, and they just kind of stood in front of the, the room, and they just led beautiful, beautiful, beautiful worship music, and everyone sang along with them, and so uh, it kind of came time where it was time to transition out of that, and so they uh, each of them took turns leading a song, and then after they were finished with the last song, they were singing, and I'm not going to sing, you're welcome, but they started to sing, and they kind of walked real slowly over. And as they were still singing, they took a seat, and they were still singing, and everybody was still singing, and they were still singing, and no one's up here. I'm sitting over here to the side, and I'm like, when, when do I get the cue, right? When's the, when's the music minister going to point and say, all right, pastor, your turn? That didn't happen, okay? And so they were just sitting there singing, and they started giving me awkward looks. They'd look over at me, singing at me, you know? I'm like, this is really uncomfortable. Still singing, looking at me, still singing. And I leaned over to the guy that had done the announcements who was sitting next to me. And I just said, when am I supposed to go? And he leaned over in his African accent. He said, with a big smile, you can go now. (laughs) And so I I got up and I I felt so uncomfortable because I get up and I walk to the middle and they're still singing. I'm like, okay, am I just going to preach while they're singing? This is really weird. Everybody's singing at me while I'm about to preach to them. This is I was like, this is not going to work. So I opened my Bible real slowly, waiting for them to stop. I have my notes in front of me, and then I look up to start preaching, and then they just stopped. It was really neat because there was no break in our worship. It was just a continuous flow of thought, a joyful noise to the Lord. It was a really neat experience. That, that, that might have been my favorite day that we had uh, with, with the people there. You can go to the next one. Uh, this is kind of boots on the ground, what we did each day. Uh, this is the care point that we were at. It's called Tawani. Uh, it looks like Thuane, but it's uh, Tuani is the way that they pronounce it. These buildings that you'll see are painted lime green. You'll see them in a few more pictures. The reason that they're painted that way is so that the children and the the locals can see those buildings from the roads and know what they're there for. Uh, they wanted to paint them an outrageous color so that when you saw them from the road, you would know that that was a care point. Uh, and so that children, if they were in need, they can go and get medical care or they could learn or they could be fed uh, if they were in that community. And so those buildings are ugly for a reason it's so that they can attract uh, the children there uh, to be taken care of because they're very small Uh, and so this is our care point called Tawani and what you're seeing right there you can't really see it but it's sort of on the right side of that picture on the right there's a big cauldron uh, and they're having a meal and so the children are all lined up with their red plates uh, getting ready to, to get after it okay you can go to the next one uh, this building on the right over here is, uh, another, this is a separate building that wasn't in the picture just a moment ago. This building was built by Westwood, which was the church that we went to. Like I said, they'd been there for 10 years. And so this building, they called it a hall. Uh, it's, it's essentially a, a good size activity building where they would have Bible stories and they would have crafts and they would have singing, uh, pretty much anything that you can imagine what they would have to do together. This is where they did that. And so while they played outside this room, this building was reserved for, uh, fellowship together. They ate outside, uh, but together when they were in this room, it was for crafts or for a devotion or for a Bible story, uh, announcements, of some of the things of those. And what's so special is that Westwood uh, put that there. And it's been a major, major impact in the community because they have a place where they can do those things um, in, under shelter. Uh, the place, let's see, the place on the right is a bu- uh, the building, or the, on the picture on the left, on the left, I think that is the the activity building on the right over there, I believe that that's a, a supply room that they have. You can go to the next one. Just more of the, the pictures of the, the children. That building on the, in the left picture on the right is that supply building once more, and it looks like they're playing maybe with some bubbles or something. You can go to the next one. Uh, you'll see some of us in these pictures, again, just kind of boots on the ground and what we were doing. Uh, in a lot of ways, our ministry was simply a ministry of presence. They just needed someone to be there to love them. Uh, like I said, these kids, a lot of them don't have parents or anyone that's there to, to show them affection. And uh, I have two children myself, and small children. Um, Shiloh turns three on Monday, tomorrow, and then Zion, my son, turns one on Tuesday. And these kids are my kids' age. And to think of them walking two, three, four miles to get to this care point every day, Shiloh, my daughter she 's very small, but these kids did that because this is where they were fed and where they were loved um, it's I mean it really is it 's heart rattling it truly is. You can go to the next one. Uh, these are just some more pictures. The guy on the left is not on our team that's his name is Arlen he was from the team uh, from Westwood that 's Sam. I forgot you brought that hat. Arlen bought a hat like that that 's why I was. Anyway, we have a guy on our team named Sam. I guess that's him. I don't know. Um, <laughs> you can go to the next. That doesn't look like Sam to me. Whatever. Um, sorry, Sam. Well, you'll get your turn. You have the microphone in a second. You can get me back. Uh, these are, again, you'll see a lot of pictures like these. Um, when you show up, you can't understand what they're saying because the small children speak Saswati is their language. And it sounds African. I mean, it's what you would expect. But uh, they claim you. They'll say, this is my white person. <laughs> and they will just latch onto you, and you'll have uh, one, two, three, four of them just want to be held and want to be loved. They said the same phrase over and over. It sounds like they're saying, I'm tired, but it's uh, tied. Is that what it is? Entide. And what it means is, take me, take me. And they will hold their hands up, and tied. They just want you to just lift them up and just hold them and take care of them. Uh, and this is a picture of uh, some of that going on. You can go to the next one, Leanne. Uh, this is a, a picture of them assembled in that hall. Um, I'm not sure what, what they're about to do in that picture. You can go to the next one. Uh, more pictures uh, of them just being being cared for. You can go to the next one. Uh, over there on the right is more of an open area where they would a lot of times play games, uh, kick a soccer ball around or, or play with bubbles or throw something around. You can go to the next one. Uh, I'll mention this, and I won't steal your joy, but the chick on the left, the little girl over there, She was just adorable, y'all, and her name is Faith. Uh, A lot of the times, the same way that we sometimes use names and and we name our children things from other countries, uh, a lot of them have names, uh, English names, and so uh, they teach them English at a very young age, and so a lot of the parents will name their children English names, and uh, Faith was one of them. She, I mean, latched herself onto Colton. You guys would not have believed it. She was adorable, though. You can go to the next one. Uh, this is one of the crafts that they made, and you'll notice some of the things that are said on there, creation, sin. I think faith is on there, and uh, this is a, a depiction of the gospel. Uh, one of the things that we wanted to be intentional about was teaching these children what it means to follow Jesus, especially the small ones. Uh, and while that's something that they're being taught regularly, uh, it's something that we can do in bringing crafts and supplies that they don't normally, uh, they're not able to get their hands on. You can go to the next one. Uh looks like we're doing some dancing there. Libby, you got the dance moves. I think that's Libby. It could be somebody that I don't even know. I don't know. <laughs> Apparently, I don't even know my team. You can go to the next one. Uh, more of the same. Just, just caring for the kids. You see the craft in, in one of their hands there with Julie. You can go to the next one. Uh, so this is a picture, I can't tell if that's it maybe me on the left, I'm not really sure. But on the right, I know that that's Sam Riley. Sam is teaching there, and you notice the, the young lady standing next to him on the left. Uh, she's an interpreter. Uh, her name has a click in it, and I don't want to butcher her name, but it sounds kind of like Nobile. And uh, Nobile is is translating for, for Sam. Uh, Sam, what were you teaching that day? Prodigal son? Yeah. So Sam was teaching the story of the prodigal son. And the main theme of the week was teaching them that God is a forgiving God. Uh, some of these kids have, have some rough backgrounds and they've seen some things y'all. Uh, and so we wanted to teach them that God is a God of forgiveness. You can go to the next one. Uh, that's the same, uh, Colton apparent, or not Colton, but Sam with the, with the the hat again, not Arlen. I'll say that again. That's Sam. Uh, and then Sam or Colton doing the same thing on the left, teaching, teaching devotional can go to the next one. Uh, much of the same, uh, loving on the children. You see in the background, you can go back to that one real quick. In the background, you'll see that firewood. Um, so this is the way that they cook their meals every day. And. That's their entry fee. Uh, whenever the big kids show up and, and they're up to high school age, um, their entry fee to get into the care point is that they have to bring a stick that they can throw on the fire. And the reason that they require that is because they're teaching them the principle of basically having some skin in the game, is that they're part of the effort to to provide. Um, that They can't provide much, but they can get their hands on a stick so that they're part of um, doing something that's part of the effort of uh, giving back to their community. A very, very small offering, but an offering nonetheless. You can go on. I'm not going to steal your thunder if you want to talk about what's going on there on the right. Um, but this is uh, they're praying over the nurse uh, of the of the area the, of Tawani. You can go to the next one. They were so obsessed with taking pictures, you guys. They were they came up to me and I had my phone in my hand. They said, "Shoot me, shoot me." Uh, and that means not what you think. It means to take a picture. Okay, so shoot me, shoot me. And then I take it. Okay, we can take a picture. And the next thing you know, you have eight or nine children that are all like, "Shoot me, shoot me." So. That's what's going on there. The picture on the right, they're running after our bus as we're leaving one day. Uh, They did not want us to go. So you can go to the next one. Uh, (laughs) This is the big cauldron I was talking about, and this is their meal that they're having. It looks like chicken fried rice, but there's no meat in it. It's just some of the the necessities that they have. And that's Libby and, is it Julie? Is that who that is? Yeah, they're giving their best at stirring that thing. But uh, I'll be honest, I don't know if they were strong enough to do it. The, The grandmothers there that take care of them were some... Pretty, pretty strong ladies. Go to the next one. Okay, so this is important, and, and I'm going to let Pete tell you guys more about what's going on here, because this is a big part of uh, what he was doing while we were there, but uh, you'll see that what, what Pete is doing is that he's he's pointing to a spot on the wall because they're hanging shelving. Uh, one of the things that doesn't really happen over there is that they don't know how to use tools and crafts to, to build and, and take care of their own stuff and so they don't have places to put their their supplies for preschool and so on the left you see that pete is showing them how to hang a shelf on the right uh, sam and colton are on the roof up there uh installing solar paneling so that they can put some lights in their activity building we'll, we'll share more about that later on pete you're going to talk about that some okay yeah uh, again that's the same thing that's going on in this picture you can go to the next one uh same thing same thing here and goodness those ladders y'all They were held together by a thick stick. I'll just put it that way. It was not the most secure situation. You can go to the next one. Colton breaking down some dance moves, it looks like. And uh, they wanted to wear our sunglasses the whole time that we were there. So Julie's being very generous and hoping that someone doesn't run off with them, it looks like. You can go to the next one. Uh, this is a really neat picture. Uh, this picture was taken taken just before we went to dinner, um, at the shepherd of the care points home. Uh, <laughs> we got there and, and the shepherd is only 22 years old and, and he was a, he's a dear brother, uh, loves those children like crazy and would lay down his life for any of them in a heartbeat. Uh, but one of the things that we did one night was all of us went and ate at his home. He is the man of the house and he lives there with a lot of children. And, and I think it was his mother that lives there. And, uh, They live in deep, deep poverty. Uh, They do not have much. Um, And so we got there, and Greg Mullins, who's the missionary that was there with us, he asked uh, Pendulo, which was his name, Pendulo, do you want us to buy supplies and you guys cook for us, or do you want us to take care of the food? And um, he said, I mean, he said, it'd be easier if you guys just took care of it. So we went to their house, and we had the local cuisine of KFC. KFC. I'm not making it up. We had KFC, and it was different than our KFC, but it was nice because we didn't have to go slaughter a chicken. So that was good. Uh, but in the background, you'll just see, you know, when you think about Africa, you think about the plains of Africa probably. Swaziland is a very mountainous country. It was amazingly beautiful. Uh, not quite what you'd expect it to be. Yeah, uh, Yeah, I'll talk about the picture on the left, but the picture on the right. Isn't that just beautiful? Pete with, uh, with beans on his head, it looks like. They later told us that that's what women do, that men don't do that. But uh, Pete is practicing both, it looks like. So uh, the kid on the left is the kid that uh, that in a sense chose me. His name uh, is Nkosefe. And uh, we'll talk more about sponsorship and things in a little bit, but that's a, that's a little boy that I miss a lot. Can go to the next one. Uh, much much of the same. Uh, Maddie, that's your boy over there on the left. You can go to the next one. The kid on the right was so beautiful, man. His name was Wayway, Wei Wei, and he always looked forward with that big smile on his face. He had these sores all over his body just from not being able to live in clean conditions. But uh, man, these kids—they exemplified such a joyful attitude. It was—it was so beautiful. And we'll go to the next one. Uh, the picture on the right is, is the way that they cleaned dishes, and uh, they ate with their hands, and they used these red plates that Westwood provided for them some time ago. Um, that water was from a well that Westwood dug for them some time ago. And, I mean, quite literally, you guys, I mean, when they started this care point, they saw a tree with some decent shade, and they went out there and built a fire with that cauldron and said all right, this is a care point now. And so Westwood has deeply invested in this place and done a whole lot. And so they're washing their dishes because that's part of them earning their keep and go to the next one. Uh, this was after our home visit. Some of you guys have been here on Sunday mornings and you've heard me talk about the woman that said that her prayer of all the needs that she had, that her prayer was that she would seek God's face in everything. That's her in the back right there in the red shirt. Uh, and it was an awesome experience. You see Libby on that team that went with me, uh, her two, uh, uh, the, the grandmother's children there in the front, the two of them, she had six, I think, total. Uh, they weren't all there. They were at the care point. And the guy in the striped shirt in the front there, that's Pendulo. That's the shepherd whose house we went to and had the KFC cuisine, so... It was a special thing. Oh, you see the food in the bottom right-hand corner, uh, for our home visits that we did. Uh, part of the money that you guys raised uh, was was to go and, and take food to these people, food that would feed them for weeks. And so, for each of the four home visits that we did, uh, we cared for one of the families that uh, Children's Hope Chest sent us to, or Adventure Mission sent us to, because they were specifically a family of deep poverty. You can go to the next one. Um. I'm not really sure what's going on in these pictures. The one on the right is the well again where they're washing their dishes, it looks like. You can go to the next one. Or washing their hands maybe. Uh, this assembly on the right is, uh, it looks like the one of the last days that we were there whenever we um, heard them sing and they had a play for us. It was called Big Fun Day. We'll probably talk about that more in a little while. You can go to the next one. Uh, I'm Julie, I'm not going to steal the thunder here, but this is a, a special needs young girl that Julie got to go and, and, uh, and love on for a little while. Go to the next one. All right. Okay, so this. If you were here on Wednesday night before we left, you know what this is. This is the meal that we ate that I was extremely anxious about. All right? On this table is, I don't even know what pap is made of. Somebody else could probably say it's not mashed potatoes on the right. Okay? It's not mashed potatoes. It may look like it. It ain't it. Right beside that are some beans, which was the best thing that they had on that table. Next to that was an actual chicken And it was not cooked to my liking, but hey, we're sacrificing. It's flexibility, right? And then the next thing is entrails and then goat and heart and liver, stuff like that. Yeah, I'm not making that up. It's legit. So uh, we we got in line, and the men, are, are, they're, they're in the position of honor. So men go first. There, it's, it's the opposite. It's our culture. And we got in line. We got our food. I have to say this. This is just too good. Okay, so we got our food. We get in line. We're, we're all standing around the room, all right? And uh, I'm standing between, I think, no, it wasn't Sam. It was, it was a guy, Nathan, that was from Westwood, and Colton was on my left. And my strategy was, I was taller than pretty much all of them. So my strategy was just, to hold my plate really high so that they couldn't see that I wasn't really eating it because it was disgusting. But I was trying to be nice and eat the beans at least and the pap, which, again, wasn't mashed potatoes, but it was okay. And uh, I was just holding it really high. And I look over at Colton, and he's just burying this stuff, y'all. And he's just, whoom, 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 whoom. And I'm like, what in the world? He must really enjoy this. But I thought to myself, there's no way that he enjoys this. It's disgusting. And I think that he did you have entrails on your plate? You get all of it. Yeah, it's really, really gross stuff. And so he just, he finishes it all. And I'm thinking, there's no way that he enjoys that stuff. There's just no way. And so he gets done, kind of shuts his plate. They were were the disposable fold-over plates. He shuts his plate. And I'm just looking at him like he's just a savage beast. And then he opens his plate and goes and gets seconds. (laughs) And I'm thinking, there's no way that he enjoys this, and yet he's getting seconds. And so the very... Listen, Colton's a complex individual. The very little that I understand Colton, he comes back and I said, knowing the answer is no, I said, Colton, is it good? And he said, I knew this was going to come out of his mouth, but I said it anyway. Is it good? He said, no. I said, why did you get seconds? He says, because we're in Africa, man. (laughs) That's, That's true. I couldn't really argue with that. So, Anyway, that's my story from that moment, and it was something else, all right? Uh, you can go to the next one, Liam. Uh, these are just <laughs> more of the pictures from our day. You can go to the next one. Um, more of the same. I'm trying to... Get through some of them. Okay, so this is Big Fun Day, and, and this was their Christmas, okay? This was a big moment, a lot of fun, a lot of games, um, a lot of smiles, and, and beautiful, beautiful time. Uh, like I said, this was their Christmas. They got to eat meat, which most of them will only eat meat, uh, once per year, and this was the day that they got to eat meat. It was, it was special. It was really neat to be able to behold that. Um, pretty cool stuff. You can go to the next one. Uh, this is another one of Big Fun Day. You can go to the next one. You can go to the next one again. Yeah, you can keep going. Uh, I think that this is more from Big Fun Day. Yeah, okay, here, this is a, this is a good one. Okay, so it, in the background, it looks like we're at the same care point. We're not. Uh, this is a, a care point called Bulagani, and the, the church that sponsors this care point is in Louisville, Kentucky. Bulagani is, uh, is sort of further along than the, one, the, and then Tawani is, the one that Westwood sponsors. And, uh, they kind of have a few more uh, commodities, a playground, things like that. Uh, but the reason that we were there is because we went to church that morning, and, uh, it was a lot different than church here, okay? Uh, but it was an awesome, awesome morning. I think this is probably my favorite photo of our of our team from the trip. In the background, you can see the mountains and the care point. Uh, but it was a special morning where we got to worship with our brothers and sisters in Christ that uh, don't talk like us, don't look like us. And yet we are brothers and sisters and in, under in, in the cross of Christ. So that was a pretty neat moment. You can go to the next one so in this picture, uh, pre- Pete is not preaching. Okay. Uh, Pete was asked, or all of us were asked to, for someone to give testimony and, uh, basically just say what God's teaching you. And, uh, Pete just boldly got up and said, here we go. And, uh, I, I think that they understood Pete's, uh, words and his testimony. He had an interpreter there and was in communicating those things. And it was, uh, proud pastor moment. I'll be honest with you guys. Uh, it was a neat way to see God using Pete on the trip to share his testimony and what God's doing in his life on the trip. You can go to the next one. Uh, and we went on a safari. Yeah, that's a, that's an elephant. That's exactly what that is. And it was very close to us and we saw a lot of neat things on the left kind of our dining area. This was the way that we sort of unwinded and, um, just recovered from the trip and prepared for our our journey home. You can go to the next one. Uh, and that's one, that's one from the safari. It looks like just the sunset of Africa. Uh, yeah. And, and this is uh one of our group there at the national park. Uh, I think it was our, the morning that we were leaving. And so, um, anyway, as it says there, thank you guys for, for just everything. I hope that those photos are uh, an encouragement. We're going to try to loop them uh, for the rest of our time. Um, but I want to just share a couple of things. I know I've been talking a while and really I've been, already talked longer than I intended to. Um, and I'm going to turn it over to our group here in a moment, but uh, first and foremost, as I kind of share some of the reflections in me, I've already sort of kind of done that. Uh, we just want to say, and I, and I say this for everybody, although I know that they'll probably echo it too, a resounding thank you to our church family. Uh, there's no way that we could have done this without you. I've said it this morning that you guys were holding the rope back at home for us. And what an unbelievable encouragement it was that we were reading those letters each and every day. Um, I wish that I could just, I don't know sufficiently express my love and affection toward you guys, um, that have sent us out. Uh, I can't do that. And and you're just going to have to take my word for it that we are just so blessed by you guys for sending us. So thank you for all that you have done. Um, some of the things that God is doing at Tawani and in Eswatini, and I'm just going to talk about a few things, uh, real briefly. Uh, as I mentioned that Westwood, they found this care point and saw there's a tree. Let's just start this thing. Uh, and it's come a long way. I mean, as you saw, God's done a lot of things there. Ten years ago, there were children that did not know where their next meal was going to come from. Uh, they were fed every day in those pictures that you just saw. But it wasn't always like that. Ten years ago, they didn't know where their next meal was coming from. And so ten, in ten years time, there is not a child at that care point that goes hungry, you guys. I mean, it's amazing. There is no child there that goes hungry because God has shown his provision to these people. Sixty percent of the kids there are supported by what they call special friends. Uh, they're, they're sponsored. And so 60 percent of the kids there are sponsored. And so they're able to do things like take care of them with food and uh, give them supplies, crafts and things like that and do special projects for them like build a garden or build the activity building or dig a well. But right now, only 60 percent of those children are being sponsored. And so uh, we're going to talk some about that. And we have these cards that I'm going to put um, probably in the back. Today, but there's information on there about sponsoring children and being a special friend, uh, to one of them. And so that's kind of unfolding still and what that looks like. But, um, I think that the cost of that is $45 a month and it goes to that care point. The one that you just looked at, the one that we were there, uh, each of those days, uh, it goes to caring for and meeting the needs of the children at that care point. Okay. Uh, and so I'll probably mention something at the end of our time about that once more. But in Eswatini, they are learning the gospel, and the kids are learning to believe in Jesus, and they are believing in Jesus. And yet, while kids are starting to come to faith in Christ, there's also a desperate need for discipleship over there. The The gospel that they most prominently subscribe to isn't the gospel of Christ, but it's the prosperity gospel. Uh, it's infiltrating their churches there, and it's, it's terribly sad. Uh, because the missionaries, the Mullins family and the McAdams family that I mentioned a few moments ago, they don't get to hear good preaching. Because the churches over there, by and large, are being infiltrated by a false gospel. And so they're struggling uh, in Eswatini. And I want you guys to know that because that's a way that we can be praying for them. And also know that there's still a need there, okay? To train and do devotions and care for the children over there. Uh, the people over there are lacking. I mean, you saw the, the, just the desolation and the poverty. It is radical. The poverty is radical. But... God is continually reaching them with provision and care. As I said, one evidence is of one evidence of that is that there is no child at Tuani that goes hungry. And I think that's a pretty cool thing we're celebrating. The ways that uh, I saw that the Lord was working specifically in my heart, and that's one of the things that I wanted our team to share, not just generally speaking, some of the things that God is doing, but specifically in me, what are some of the ways that God was teaching me and instructing me? Uh, one of the things is just the Father's unconditional love. We sang that song a few moments ago, how deep the Father's love for us, and I told you that it was on my mind. Um, I, I'm kind of a, the type of person that doesn't like snotty noses and dirty diapers and just kind of dirt and grime and i know you're like you're a wuss okay whatever but when i see these kids and they're they're just filthy you guys i mean they're dirty they're nasty and they come up to you and they say that phrase take me take me part of you is like "Mm." but i quickly was reminded that that's not what god does to me i come to god in my filth in my nastiness in my sin and you know what he does every single time he lifts me He loves me. Guys, that's unconditional love. And that is the grace of our Father. And that's one of the things that probably all of our team could say, but that was heavily evident while we were on this trip. Uh, One of the things that I felt like God was maybe leading me to do was, uh, while I was there, Steve McAdams, who was one of the gentlemen that I pointed out to you, he talked about the fact that the pastors there are are just terribly misguided, and they're leading flocks of believers. And he he asked me, he said, would you be interested in coming back and... uh, Basically teaching and training the pastors there and that's something that i've already been praying about uh, because that's a great need and uh I don't know, it's something to think about. Another way that we can make an impact as a church and myself as as, as the pastor, a shepherd uh, over there, that there's a desperate need for discipleship. Uh, one of the things that was resonating to me is just how blessed I was as the pastor of our church and this people that went with us, that God affirmed our trip and seemingly, I mean, not seemingly, literally, he handpicked the seven people that went on this trip, you guys. It was so neat for me to watch each and every one of our team members really plug in and get to work and be useful. Uh, My sister lived in Eswatini for a year. Uh, We support her and her husband. They live in the Middle East. Uh, And she, when she lived here, she was just a kid. I mean, she was uh, 18 years old. But she told me in the year that she lived in Eswatini that she never saw a team come. And she saw a lot of teams come, okay, come and go to the different. There's many care points. Uh, Only the Westwood one goes to Tawani once a year. But of all the people that came and went, that no one taught the people there, the locals, how to do things like Pete taught the locals how to hang shelving and install solar panel lighting. None of them. And so one of the things that we were there and they said is that they have a need not just to have us come and do things, but to teach them how to do things. And so it was so such a blessing for me to be able to see that our team was doing a good work the home visit, obviously, I've mentioned that already, was a massive blessing to me, a good reminder of God's grace. And yet, what's the main thing here? Um, I mentioned preaching on Monday that uh, one of the things that I mentioned in my sermon that just kind of came to me was that we're very different. When I go to cultures like that, I want to ask all the questions about all of our differences. But what I was reminded of is that far more important than all of our differences is that we are the exact same and that we are in Christ Jesus. That I have more in common with a black, swazi that speaks like he's from africa that is poor as can be than i have with my white american neighbor that speaks english has the same income as i do talks like i do if he's lost and that african guy is saved me and the african have way more in common and that's what i was reminded of while i was there is that those people are my brothers and sisters in christ and we must love them another thing that he taught me was just what it really means to have a joyful noise before the lord We kind of talked about that some this morning, and I think some of our team will talk about that. Ways that you can pray for Eswatini, pray for discipleship over there, pray that the gospel will be clear to them, pray that the care point would be fully sponsored. Like I said, it's at 60% right now, and that's a need, that the care point would be fully sponsored. There's more that they want to do, more necessities that they need met. Um, Pray that God would protect the children. We have to leave well before sundown each night so that the kids can walk their several miles on rough terrain to get home safely, because it's dangerous out there and so pray for the kids safety pray that uh god would uplift the missionaries and the staff and the shepherds that are constantly pouring out into the people there those are some ways that you guys can pray for them okay i'm gonna shut up i talked way too long all right we're not gonna rush you guys take your time but uh man thank you guys once again for sending us it was a tremendous blessing to be able to go okay libby come on
1: Hey, y'all. Sorry if my voice cracks. I'm like kind of terrified, but I'll try. And by the way, so Caleb, he exaggerated the food. It was good. Like the pop or pap, whatever you want to call it, it was good. Put some tomato gravy on that. It was good. Okay. So anyways, first of all, I would just like to thank y'all so much for the love and support you have shown us. And it was such an amazing opportunity and it wouldn't have been possible without y'all. Swaziland is such a special place with some of the most Christ-like people I've ever met. I've seen God at work and the passion that these people have for the gospel and how it shows in everything they do. The people that they help that help run the care points, devote their lives to serving the children there and showing them the love of Jesus. Um, I grew so much in my relationship with God while I was on this trip. And one of the days we went to a lady's home. Caleb's already said this about like three times, so I'm going to say it again. Um, and So I thought that was going to be kind of awkward, and I was really nervous because I don't talk that much. And we just sat down, and like we just had church pretty much. Like she just started talking about the gospel, and she asked us to um, like to tell us our favorite verses and stuff. And of course, every verse left my mind, but I did. And like she just had a commentary on like every single verse, and everything was underlined, and it was just like awesome just seeing like her dependence on god and so the biggest thing that stuck out to me though was her prayer request and it, that was to seek god's face and everything that she did and it just it really like just hit me hard because i'm here and i have everything that i could ever ask for and i'm sorry and i'm gonna okay and she like I mean, she has nothing, and she's so dependent on God, and she's so content with what she has. And another way that I grew is in my boldness. And boldness, that was kind of like my New Year's revolution. I'm going to be bold and have courage and, like, just myself. And so each morning we had, like, the the devotionals, and um, a couple of the verses that stood out to me was Isaiah 147, I mean, Psalm 147. Um, verses 10 and 11, and they say, His delight is not in the strength of the horse, nor his pleasure in the legs of a man, but the Lord takes pleasure in those who fear him and those who hope in his steadfast love. And it just kind of reminded me that I don't have to be the best at everything to serve God. I just have to serve him with a joyful heart, and it's okay to be out of my comfort zone because he's going to leave me so that I can make much of him. And this trip just really helped me to become more confident in my gifts because I am created in his, in his image and with intention of glorifying him. And another thing that I learned on this trip was how big God actually is. I've always said that he's a God without borders, but I could never completely understand that, I guess, until I went to Swaziland. And I saw this while we were worshiping with the people, and I couldn't always understand them, but my spirit did. And I could tell that they were praising the same God that I praise, and it was just an awesome experience. And I also saw how big God is through the different strengths and gifts that he has given our team. And just being able to see the different ways that they show God's love helped me to better understand that we're all created differently, but we're all created in the image of God. And that's so we can glorify every single aspect of him. And so the people of Swaziland, they hold such a special place in my heart, and I pray for them all the time. And I would like for you all to pray for this one little boy. Will we pull that up, please? Yeah, I think it's like forty two maybe. So you can't really tell in this picture, but his name was Likwa and he got burned, I think it was like on the food. But anyway, so his face it just looked really bad. So if you just play just pray for his healing and that he'll just keep that joy and that he'll one day that he'll um follow God. And also just pray that the gospel will continue to be um spread throughout Swaziland in its fullness and that all the people would continue to have joy and just be content in um, what the Lord has done in their lives. Thank you.
2: One thing about me is uh, I'm, I'm not really scared to speak in front of people. So, but if I do pass out for some reason, somebody get me off this stage. Um, uh, the first thing I want to say is 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 definitely thanks to our church, thanks for the prayers. Uh, I don't think you realize how much prayers work until, or I didn't until we got there, because. Uh, God works in his own time, but he reveals to his children when he's at work. Uh, that's just no doubt in my mind from some of the things I saw. And and uh, I, I was taught a lot of things. I can't remember all of them. But I, I do want to say that because the church helped fund this, it took a lot of pressure off a lot of the people. Um, there was many things that happened in the background that we we probably won't cover all of them. But, you know, thank you, you know. And, uh, it was money well spent because it was for God's glory. That's, that's the reason we were there. Um, as I was sitting down, uh, of course, Sam, he's been practicing getting up here more than me, but he was kind of surprised that I actually made notes, so I can't hardly read them, but I'm gonna do my best. <clears throat> um, I, I set it up as, Title like the first thing is my first reaction. You know when I got there. You know what did, you know what happened. Um, You know we went to the cultural village, uh, and of course that was a lot to help us understand their culture because you don't want to go somewhere like that and and uh, and offend the people. You know I mean you know they still you know polygamy is polygamy is prevalent over there. Uh, that's still a lot of those kind of things that go on, but, and, uh, you don't talk about the king in public. You know, I mean, that's just the truth. You know, it's, uh, it's just the way things are. So you have to be careful. It is a third world country. Um, but I, I really didn't have a major fear. Because, you know, I know where my assurance lies. I didn't have a major fear. Now, there was always, you know, you want to be aware of your surroundings because you never know in this day and age. But uh, there really wasn't, I didn't fight any kind of fear. Um, But, you know, one of the things at the Cultural Village, we found out about kind of the way things go in the families. And one of the things that stood out to me is that the grandmothers uh, a lot of them, or they call them go goes, you know, is what they call them. They basically they hold a very high place in the family, you know. Like, you know, like some of us, we build all beside each other here, you know. Uh, we we stay together. But uh, I found out that the 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 go goes are very well respected, and pretty much from anything I saw when they said told the kids something, I mean, they got on them, they disciplined them, you know. Uh, but they had a very high standing in the, in, the, in the society that they have, you know, and that was pretty interesting to me. Uh, we love our grandmothers here too, so, you know, but these women right here are tough. They really are. Even their sons and whatnot, one of the, one of the things that they told us about is their son, basically, I, I think it was more like stays with the grandmother before marriage or, or right after marriage or whatever because she's giving him instructions, you know. Uh, that was pretty interesting. Uh, but over there, there's still a lot of, uh, you know, they have like medicine men. Uh, I believe there's voodoo, you know. There are still a lot of things that go on there that are, uh, that penetrate these children, you know. And if you don't tell them the truth, they don't know. And if you don't go, God's gonna spread his word, but we can be more efficient, uh, ourselves and just do what we're supposed to do. Um, they have a very hard life. Uh, I, I expected what I saw wasn't a super surprise, because you know I like history. I, I watch a lot of things on TV, but when you see the the vast numbers of mud and sticks that these people get under a lot of times, I mean there is a lot of block block stuff. But you'll see they may have eight or ten blocks sitting on a, just a place that they've taken and cleaned the dirt off, and. As they are able to come up with some blocks somehow, they'll lay a few more. I mean, there's places there you can see that's no telling how long since they worked on it. But they have nothing, you know. So, you know, we come home, we go in the house. If the air conditioner's not working, we complain. I I do too. You know, I love AC. But, you know, these people, are they're hard, they have a hard life, but they still have a, these children still have a smile on their face. You know, that really amazed me, you know, because sometimes you know we don't we're not happy about things and I'm just as bad as anybody but these kids always had a smile on their face they did um, uh, preparing for uh, for the visit uh, I prayed this is what I prayed uh, I prayed that I wouldn't be apprehensive about encountering the people uh, I prayed that I wouldn't show in any kind of way that that I was scared to touch them or uh, apprehensive in any kind of way because I didn't want them to get the idea that, that I was better than they were. And, and believe it or not, which if you watch any news, you know, Americans can have a name in other countries, and a lot of it's just misunderstanding. It's just what they hear. Uh, but as Christians, there shouldn't be that problem. You know, We shouldn't cause there to be that problem. Um, but we're all we all still fight sin so but and the and the lord he, he he took that away from me i didn't have an issue the first day i went out there and and i'm probably not the most loving person in the world uh, uh, i do love i love children um, but i went out there and the first thing i did was go to these go-gos because that was one of the first things you did it was a respect thing you went and you went you you spoke to them before you did anything, you know. And uh, then I went and started playing with the kids. You know, I, I did. I picked them up because they do. They'll throw their hands up, and, and you know, they're this tall. And uh, uh, they just throw their hands up. They want you to pick them up, you know. So you walk around till your back gets hurting, and then you walk around some more. I and mean, you may have two or three hanging off of you. Um and to get a break, I'd either find a soccer ball or a Frisbee or something just to, to do something different. You know, I mean, just because it was, it was not, it wasn't a vacation. <laughs> it was work. It was work. Um, trying to love is a sinner. Uh, still having sin that you fight is hard. It wears on you mentally. Um you wouldn't think it's hard to love, but when you get out of your comfort zone and, and you pick a child up, there's, there's no telling what they may have. But I didn't worry about that, our, our God didn't allow me to worry about that. And I'm thankful, you know, he, he answered that prayer. Um, but each day as we would go to the village, we'd come out, we'd have a debriefing after supper, you know. If you were lucky, you got a shower before supper, if not... It was probably eleven o'clock before you got maybe got a chance to go to sleep, and uh, so it was it was very wearing on us as we went through. But but our first night, um, uh, our leaders they they asked a question. They said, "What did God amaze you with today?" Being the first day, you know, what did you see God doing? And um, and I felt kind of bad because I really didn't. You know, I didn't have a an immediate answer. You know, everybody kind of had their answer and, and, and told what they had to say. And uh, the more I thought about it, uh, I realized that when I had prayed the other things I was praying about, you know, I expected God to do big things. Because uh, out of faith, I know God is going to do big things. So I wasn't really surprised I was amazed at, at a lot of things, but I knew God was going to work, you know, because he's in control. And uh, and and it just, it kind of really floored me. The more I thought about it, I was like, you know, I felt that guilt. But, but I shouldn't have been guilty. As Christians, we, we expect God to do these big things that we can't do because he does it through us, you know. And uh, he can use anybody he wants to, to do it i'm an example trust me um and and i also want to say brother brother caleb he had a uh he spent a lot of time we all got most of us got sick in some kind of way i had a cold from wednesday until the time i got back so that just added to our you know being worn out you know and, and trying to keep an uh a loving attitude when you're sick everyone knows how that works but but uh God took care of us. We were all able to, uh, uh, you know, keep, keep Satan off of us. Uh, he kept him away. We were able to go and love him when we didn't feel like it, you know. And, and that's, like I say, it was very tiring. Um, and I'm just, you know, I'm thankful that uh, God was able to use somebody like me, you know, because I'm not worthy. Uh, but because of Jesus, I am, you know. I am worthy and I can do things that the Lord needs to be. He can use me to do things, whatever He wants me to do. Um, But, you know, seeing myself before I went grabbing these children I've never seen before, picking them up, loving on them, swinging them around. Of course, Brother Caleb thought I was going to sling one of them against a tree. I was in total control. St. Julie even might have mentioned something at the same time. I'm like, I got this, you know. I've heard this before. Um, but it was, they were just, they were longing for love. Uh, you know, you can minister just by loving someone. You don't have to tell them anything. Just show them that you care, that you love them. Uh, that is a, a one of the ways to, uh, to spread the gospel, because if they see that they that you love them or you treat them no differently than you would somebody else, one of your own children, they're going to be more open to hear the gospel. you know. And I didn't see any of these kids that didn't act like they weren't enjoying having their devotions, uh, singing, singing, you never heard singing. I love some of y'all singing. Y'all do good. But honestly, they have some heavenly voices. I'm serious. They have nothing else. Uh, but yet they sing with a voice that's just heavenly. You know, I mean, uh, the spirit moved many times for me, um, and I was real thankful for that. Um, uh, one of my biggest highlight times was there was a picture here where me and two other ladies were standing with the, the nurse, um, and we were praying over. Her. We, you know, we laid our hands on her and. Uh, that particular day actually we had went to um Manzini uh and we were trying to find electrical store to find parts to to put these lights up that that brother Caleb was talking about and this and it's you know, God gives me the abilities, that's the only reason these kind of things happen. It was I didn't do anything special myself. I don't feel like God allowed me to be able to do what I did. And the other guys that helped me, Sam and Colton, they got up on that hot roof because uh, I really didn't need to be going up to the top of that ladder because we did the original ladder we had had a stick that we put on the side of it, and we wrapped rope, wire, and everything else we could around this ladder and climbed up at twelve fourteen feet in the air and I mean it wasn't it wasn't very good, not that I was sacrificing their life or mine or anything. But I figured they could probably jump and land on their feet. But, and they got up on that roof, and, I mean, we were really lucky because the temperature was just great. It was, to me, I wore shorts and short sleeve shirt every day, and it was just great. I mean, because if it had been like their summer, it would have really been tough on us. Because it was still, it would drain you, you know, you had to drink a lot of water. And, uh, but the, the missionaries, uh... The Mullins and, and all these people, they kept us what we needed. And they really made it easy for us. But on these lights, uh, me and uh, uh, one of my friend, new friends, Arlen, him and his family are in Okinawa, him and his wife and daughter. And, uh, you know, they're over there spreading the gospel. He had been before, I think, to this care point. Uh, and he brought his daughter, young daughter, with him, and they came to go with us. And uh, Arlen, is a, is a, he's a very good man. He's a godly man. Um, but we hit it off pretty good because he's an, actually an engineer, I think, with a corps of engineers. But, you know, I, we were sitting around, and they had already put, uh, they've had conduit ran in this building that you were looking at, the big one. But it was going to be $2,500 more to try to get wire into it. And getting something done in Africa is not like getting it done here. It don't happen that way. I mean, it's, you know, it's hard to find an electrician where we were at. You know, I'm sure it's it it, it's, it takes a long time to get somebody even lined up to do it. But we just happened to see that there was a lot of solar panels, of course, that, you know, you'd see driving down the road. And we figured out that, you know, they had these solar panel kits with lights that had a like a NICAD battery that that it even had a place to charge cell phones on it. You know, like if, you know, because some of these people, they do have cell phones. The Go-Go's, I think some of them did. But they don't have electricity. You know, so um, most of them don't have power to their homes. So we were able, because the church helped us with the, the funds um, uh, and and helped us to get there, you know, the Lord luckily had allowed... Uh, our family, to, to have some money to be able to try and go, we were able to use that to buy these light kits. Me and Arlen, he supplied and helped pay for them. And plus, we spent time putting them up. We weren't planning to do that. But we don't need to plan when God's the one doing the planning, you know. He, he made that happen. It's nothing that I've done great. Uh, I did what I had to do at work every day. I'm thankful I know how to do it. And, you know, part of the thing was, as like Brother Caleb said, these these guys didn't even know what a wall anchor was. They they don't know anything about, they don't have fathers. You know, most of them, there is no men. Like they said, I mean, they don't see middle-aged men, which I'm maybe a little over middle-aged now, but uh, they don't see them. So who teaches them what? You know, it's a 40-something percent unemployment rate. These people don't have jobs, and they don't go down to the uh, uh, town to a certain place and just get things because the government helps to assist them. You know, this is a monarchy. I mean, the king does what he wants to do, and and they may try to help in ways, but it's not much. And uh, what they do, they, they either get through donations or they do by scrounging around doing what they have to do to survive. That's the truth. But to shorten, you know, some of this up and go back to this, talking to this nurse, Um, she's been working with them for a while, Uh, she made a comment that her son uh, asked her here not long ago, why do you do this, because she doesn't make a lot of money, I know, Um, uh, why do you do this, and you know, after talking to her, and uh, I just, I told her, because she was, you know, you could tell she was kind of burdened, and these other two ladies I was with, I kind of butted in the conversation like I normally do. Uh, but, you know, we were asking her what, you know, did, could we pray for her or, you know, what were what's going on? And, you know, she said, it just hit me real hard. She said, "Why, why would white people from another country spend the money, time, and resources to come over here and see black people like us? And, you know, and and I thought about it for just a second. And I said, well, I said, it's nothing that we're doing. I said, because me without Christ, I probably couldn't do it. That's just the truth. Um, Without the Lord, I probably wouldn't have went on this trip. That's just the truth. And I would say that the majority of the people in here would say the same thing. But... I told her, I said, because of Christ loving me, I said, I love you. And I said, there's nothing of myself. I said, it, it's, it's because God is working through me, I can, I can give you what you may need. And I, and I said that, and I, and I told her, I hugged her, and I said, I do, I love you, I really do. And the other ladies did too. And and so we prayed for her. And and I ask that you pray for her because I cannot remember how to say her name. So just be honest. I can't do it. I can't hardly say my own name. Um, But just remember the nurse there because she has a tough job. Because you don't just go get health care. You know, she goes down there and she does the best she can with what she has to work with. You know, we carried some ibuprofen Tylenol hydrocortisone, different things, and give her these things, and she utilizes that. You know, it's a year probably before somebody can come back. But, and her husband is dying of cancer, and she asked for us to pray for him too. So just, you know, remember, you know, God knows who she is and what her situation is. But, um, you know, the thing with, the, like, the, the light deal is these people... Most of them don't have any light, and they just seem to be so excited, you know, and I felt bad that I wasn't so excited, but we take for granted the things that we have sometimes. Not to say it's wrong to have nice things, because there's nothing wrong with having nice things, but I hope that I will remember from this experience that, uh, you know, they're blessings. You know, they're not anything that we may deserve. God may allow us to have them, but we also cannot be scared to get rid of them. We can't be too prideful to not have the things that we want. You know, we should be more thoughtful of what things that other people need. Um, and the last thing I'm really going to mention is this worship service. And uh, me and Brother Caleb were talking about it. Was It's totally different. Most everybody in here would have been uncomfortable because I was uncomfortable a little bit initially myself, you know. Mainly because I didn't know what was going to transpire. We'd done been eating goats and uh, all those things, and I thought the goat heart was good myself. I ate goat heart. It was good. But um, I have to admit, and, and I love our church, and I think this is one of the, the most giving and loving churches that I feel like I've ever been in, and, and uh, God allows that to be that way because I believe we have a lot of good Christian people in this church that truly have the love of God in them. Um, but, you know, I just felt the Spirit move in this service that they had. Um, you know, it was, it was, you know, it was unreal, and I'm thankful to have that experience because the Holy Spirit was there. The Holy Spirit was moving. And, you know, one of the things is when they start the service and they start singing, you know, I mean, they don't have instruments. You know, they sing from their heart, you know, and, and you know when he got up, uh, one of the shepherds that was at this care point uh he wasn't the one that actually brought the message, but he he stepped up and asked for someone to give a testimony or a testament. I remember him saying that, and everybody was kind of looking around like not saying nobody else would have done it, but we weren't I wasn't expecting that I didn't know that was going to come up, but I just felt led to let those people know the same thing as I did that nurse and and as we did that nurse is said uh We're here because we love you. We're not here uh, in any kind of way to disrespect you, that you understand that because our color is different or what we do for a living is different, that as God's children, we're on the same playing field. Because if we don't know him, you will spend separation from God for the rest of your life. That's just plain and simple. It don't matter whether you're black, yellow, or what. So we, we should remember that. Um, and, and last, the safari was great, and to make it quick, my favorite thing I saw was a black mamba. And that was a pretty good experience because uh, Brother Caleb was sitting there with his arm out the window, and the driver's arm was out the window. And this black mamba comes into the road to try to get across and rears up. I mean, like two feet off the ground. It was about six foot long. And I like to watch about snakes and stuff, so I know you got about 15 minutes if he bites you. So we'd have never made it back. <laughs> and when the driver realized what it was, I remember his reaction was, I don't like the mamba. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it was, that was, I mean, we saw all kinds of animals, and it was beautiful. It was just very beautiful. It was very relaxing for that before that flight back. And, and if it wasn't for the church and the prayers... Uh, it wouldn't have been anything like it was. And then I thank you, and I love you, and I, we appreciate y'all allowing us to represent our church and go. Um, and and lastly, I was thinking about a verse. You know, you always try to come up with some kind of verse to express, you know, what you feel what not. And, of course, it was the last thing. It was this morning. Actually, our Sunday school lesson, Brother Jason, we was having... Sunday school, and that's what I wasn't ignoring you. That's why I was over there jotting things down because it was hitting me. But uh, Paul was, he was uh, he was telling this to Timothy. Uh, it's in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 6 through 8. And he said, uh, Therefore I remind you to rekindle the gift of God that is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear but one of power, love, and sound judgment. So don't be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord or of me, his prisoner. Instead, share in suffering for the gospel, relying on the power of God. Thank you. Oops,
3: Hey, y'all. Um, First, I would like to say thank you for the financial support, the prayers, and the words of encouragement. Um, I'm so thankful for each of you and the opportunities that you have given me this summer. Um, I know I got up here and talked last week um, about um, my summer and how it's been so eye-opening. I know I've said that, and I really have learned so much. Um, During the trip to New Orleans, my prayer was that the Father would just prepare my heart for Africa Um, I left New Orleans, and I really did feel um, so empty, but also so full and prepared. I was so excited. Unlike Mr. Pete, I was very nervous. (laughs) I'm a scaredy-cat, though. Um, But the first morning in Swaziland, um, we got to go to a staff meeting. I think Caleb mentioned it. Um, We got to worship with the shepherds and the staff that worked at each of the care points, the missionaries and their families, and other mission teams that were there to serve with us. Um, this was just so overwhelming we saw such a clear picture of heaven it really is um, indescribable there was people from all over the world there was different races and so many different languages and we were all praising the Father together it was something that was so eye-opening and it was just it really is indescribable I would encourage like each of you to go (laughs) just to see that part Um, The love that was shown there was so amazing. Um, Each day, the kids ran to us and said, Take me, take me with their little hands up. And it was just the sweetest experience. It was such a reminder of the Father's unconditional love for us. It was so great to see each person from our group um, love and serve so well. Um, Each person brought um, a special gift to the team, and I'm so thankful that I was able um, to be a part and serve alongside each of them. It was such a sweet time with them. Um, each day, the kids, they just wanted to be held, like, as you can see in the pictures. Um, they really didn't like it, though, if another kid, like, tried to uh, hold your hand or sit in, in your lap, like, with them. They hated that. Like, they would fight. <laughs> Not really. But they would, like, push and shove, and, like, one kid actually bit somebody. <laughs> but every day I saw this, and I would look around and see this all throughout the care point, um, that they literally fought for my attention um, I just started to think about the things that compete for my attention. I was so convicted, like just like these kids fought um, for my attention. The father fights for my attention, and he fights. It's just so sad that he has to fight for my attention. Um, I get so focused on myself and school and my future and so many other things that I'm sorry <laughs> that I lose focus on the most important things. Um, right now, I'm just striving to regain my focus. Sorry, guys. And seek the Father in everything I do. Just like that lady said, um, getting this opportunity really was life changing. I learned so much. Um, I think we all did. I saw the Father's love and faithfulness in so many ways. Um, I got to see a clear picture of heaven, um, and I got to see firsthand what it means to be truly dependent, um, truly content, and truly joyful no matter the situation. Um, I cannot begin to describe what we got to be a part of or how thankful I am for each one of you for sending us. Um, So thank you again for the role that you played, and thank you for always encouraging me and loving me so well. Um, Lastly, I would ask you to continue to pray for the people of Swaziland. Um, Please pray for um, the Tewani Care Point and the leadership there, and the shepherds, and the Go-Go's. Please also pray for the Mullins. They're the missionaries that we stayed with. Um, they're, they work to train um, the shepherds, and they work to help like raise up leaders at these care points. Um, also, I would love if each one of you prayed about how our church or your family could personally be involved in Tawani, um, rep, if that looks like just through prayer or like financial support. Please be praying for that.
0: Thank you.
4: What's up? I'm Colton. I'm ADD and a little strange. <laughs> I don't get nervous. i just getting mad and uh, a little furious and a little sad. But uh, how did I see God at work in East Wartini? Honestly, I can't really describe it because he was in work in every single way. It was like everything you saw, heard, felt. It just affected affect you, like seriously. Um, I enjoyed every single moment and every minute, especially getting to work with uh, old Pete and, and Arlen. Arlen is what I called him. And uh, I'm the type of person that really hates getting close to people because I'm scared to lose another person to the world. And uh, I'm just going to go ahead and get this one out of the way. Um, we prayed over a home and we ate KFC that night and uh, there was a little kid that we prayed for he didn't sleep like me he uh, he seen things and he heard things like me It broke my heart to see that somebody go through something that I went through myself. And I still struggle with it every day. I have memories of these voices and these feelings and just everything just pounding me, just pounding me, pounding me. They won't go away. But when I pray... It calms me down. And I can do this. I can stand here. And I can say, go oh, Jesus, come on. Who are you rocking with? I'm rocking with Jesus, come on. But uh, I, I did get close to a little girl named Faith. Gosh, she was so cute, man. Oh my goodness. She, uh, she mostly called me father, grandfather, and uncle. She probably called me a lot more things, but we're not going to talk about it. Actually, I knew most of the things they were saying, but I I don't like to tell people what I know because I don't want people to expect too much out of me. But uh, second question, how do you see God personally growing you and Eswatini at the care point? Uh, I started off, they have drowned me drawn me in And I'm now their prisoner. I'll do anything for any of them, and I definitely want to go back, seriously. And uh, my prayer will be, I pray the leaders influence the kids in the right way. Uh, I was going to talk about the slaughtering the animals and stuff, but y'all don't want to know about me eating a raw deer heart, so... And uh, I was, pr- oh yeah, I was prayed over the last day uh, at the care point, Lily's care point. She was very pretty. But uh the, the preacher, I, I kind of like wanted to show him that I was, uh, uh like I was voice memoing the whole thing. So I like showed him kind of without telling him, like I clicked off. And I laid it down and I put my hand, right hand over the Bible and my phone. And uh he just like he got back up and he was like, I got something else to say And he got back up there and uh he uh he like started doing this thing where he was like shooting like down the aisle. I was like, Whoa, okay And he's shooting like that and shooting and I was Alright, I can feel you the energy. I can feel it. And uh he was like I, I just I just remember hearing If you're going through something, stand up. And I jumped up and I walked to the back and I just stood there waiting on him to tell me to come forward. And when he said come forward, I was was the first one up there. Me and Miss Paige, I I was like, what's up? (laughs) Let's pray. And uh, finally, I would just like to thank each and every one of you for supporting and funding our trip. And I love you, Khalid.
5: That's hard to follow up. Um, also, like Maddie and unlike my father, I was scared to death. Uh, this is before we even left. I've never in my life been on a plane. Um, even after going on this, I don't desire to be on one ever again, really. Uh, I know that that's uh, what has to happen to go overseas, but that was uh, a very, as brave as I look, I know. As brave as I look, I was shook the whole time. But praise the Lord, and I'm very thankful that we made it over there. And I just want to begin by thanking every one of you. It has been amazing to see uh, the way that God has used you, even though you guys couldn't go with us, the way that he has used you to, uh, through prayer, monetary donations, um, all of that stuff. It was just a, a huge way to see that God is affirming the trip and affirming the group that went. The group that went was absolutely amazing. Um, these are people that I do life with every single day. Maddie, Libby, and Colton are three of my best friends. My mom and my dad and my pastor that I spend so much time with, and someone that mentors me and and is so crucial in my walk with the Lord. It couldn't have been a better. It couldn't have been a better group that went. And just some of the ways that we saw that God was at work. In Swatini, and specifically at this care point, was we came in on something on a work that is being continued. So really, it was kind of easy for us because uh, Westwood had already spent a few years, many years, really there, and it was cool to see how when we were there, these people you could already tell that they were being discipled, and that was really cool to see the way that God was was working in that. And another way to to see the way God was working was through the Mullins family, uh, the missionary family. I had some preconceived notions before we went over there. I didn't know how um, I didn't know that the Mullins family was from Alabama and that changes everything. Because we're just awesome, sweet, loving people and just welcoming people. I didn't know that they were from Alabama and I was like, man, I hope that they're you know not so removed from where we are that we can't relate. But that was not the case at all. And it was just really cool to see the work that they were doing and the fruit that was produced from the people that had went before us that went. And that was just really awesome. Another thing that was really awesome as we were there was the worship services. Uh, their worship, as we've already talked about, is very different from us. And I honestly didn't understand what the heck they were saying. But as you just sit back and you listen, you know that they are proclaiming God's word. And you know that they are making much of his name and just worshiping him. And I just sat there and was very overwhelmed and emotional even to the point where it was just like, man, I know that God is above us. And he's just smiling. He's just like, man, he is just taking all this in, right? Because that's our purpose here is to glorify him. And he was being glorified. And I feel that God was glorified. Through our trip and and so many more ways than that, but that was just one specific way that um, that I really enjoyed. And another thing that I really enjoyed was uh, I, I love the kids and I love to love on kids. Um, but I got um, the opportunity to be really close with uh, Pundulo. He was the shepherd of this place and. Um, When we were there, we would have time, really most of the day we was playing with these kids and we were playing soccer and these kids are absolutely ridiculous at playing soccer. You would not believe. And just a couple Americans, specifically me and Colton, they were, we were just a joke, but it was fun because we were in their world. We were doing what they love to do. And, um, when Dulo being the shepherd comes with that comes a lot of responsibility and I don't know how often he just gets to be a 20 year old adult. I don't know how often he gets to play soccer or do what he loves because he has so many responsibilities. And uh, he came out there uh, one day and played with us and the joy on his face and how much he was having fun and laughing, that blessed my heart because their life isn't like ours. We seek entertainment in so many ways and have the opportunity to be entertained in more ways than they could ever imagine. And for them, it's playing soccer. And it was really cool to Uh, see him just enjoy that and have a good time and, and more than anyone else, I miss him and it's not a matter of if, but when, uh, when I get the opportunity to go back, I can't wait to, I can't wait to see him and just learn from him and, and be used to maybe disciple him and also for him to disciple me. Uh, some ways that I saw that God was working personally, uh, in my life was just the fact that I don't know, I'm, it's so hard and it's it's very easy for me and all of us with the situation that we're given, we uh, um, we seek to control things, we seek to be uh, the one that's in control over all things and ju- it started off on the flight, uh, I don't know how to fly a plane, uh, I was in no control, I had no control over what happened, so just starting off, that was an opportunity for me to really just uh, trust in the Lord and also... To trust that when we leave these kids when we leave these people um god is still the same god when we're there then when we're gone and god is still the same god here and there and there is no border to god's love and when i was talking about preconceived notions i, I didn't know really what i was getting into i knew what people told me but just like they say if you don't you don't know unless you go and that's something that is hard for me to convey to any of you but I had some preconceived notions of oh, I really don't know uh, I don't know if these people know Jesus I don't know if these are unchurched people and that was not the case at all these uh I was more so looking up to them by the way that they worship God and their dependency on God it was it wasn't the fact that these people were unchurched people these people loved Jesus like crazy because they depended on their every need to come from the Lord and that was awesome and convicting but also encouraging to see. Um, 10,000 miles away that God's doing the same work that he is here. And um, just some ways that that we can pray for these people is to continue to pray uh, specifically for the Mullins. And just to realize that these people are away from home. They're a long way from where they're from. And it's just them. They have a a few missionary friends and they have a close-knit community within that and that's really cool but to just pray for them that the Lord will continue to um, work through them and that they will just be able to see the product of the work that the Lord has sent them there to do. Um, Also for uh, the people and specifically the the shepherds and the the go-go's that they will uh, not lose sight of the goal set forth ahead and to To just understand that every single bit of it is for God's glory, and uh, a verse that uh, I want to share with you is Psalms one forty six, uh, verses one and two. I read this last Sunday as a uh, as the call to worship, and this is a, a verse that stuck out to me. We studied these passages. Uh, Caleb's mom, Paige, she done a. Uh, Uh, a devotion she wrote up a devotion for us to do every morning and this stuck out to me it says praise the lord praise the lord oh my soul i will praise the lord as long as i live i will sing praises to my god while i have my being and that is something that was really pressed upon my heart um is to just praise god in every single aspect and As I'm alive here on this side of eternity, that's what I'm commanded to do. And that's what each of us are commanded to do. And again, I want to thank you so much for being such an amazing church. A church that I love so much and honestly cannot express how thankful I am for each and and every one of you. I love you so much. Thank you.
6: Okay. Are we good? Okay. So Libby said that her voice was cracking because she was nervous. Mine does it naturally. It's great. So um, I'm not about to cry. I might cry, but I'm not about to cry all the time. So if you're visiting, I just have this annoying voice thing. So just listen well. Um, Okay. So a couple of highlights. First of all, yes, thank you for the opportunity to go. Some people have said, was it fun? No, (laughs) it wasn't fun. But it was amazing, Um, life-changing, just uh, different than anything I've experienced. And so thank you for um, the notes of encouragement. I spaced mine out and just read a couple each day. That was amazing. Um, The flights, we were safe. The missionaries were great. The spirit among the people, the unification of those people. Uh, that we went with, the devotionals, the debriefs at night with our Spring Hill group too, the visit to the special needs child that I'll talk about in a minute, um, the whole thing. And what was neat too was when you're introducing yourself, you say your name and the people go, ah, oh, like that. But if you have a family member, it's like, oh, so it was neat because I got to say this is my husband and my son. So we got lots of praise and applause. That was fun. Uh, but anyway... So the teacher in me has three points. And so if you guys are tired, it'll go fast. But um, I really did pray about this and felt like this is what I was supposed to share. But the first one is that he chose me to go. And when I say that, it's not out of pride. But back in college, um, I used to pray about going on mission trips. And I always wanted to go to Africa. That's just where I wanted to go. Well, the opportunity just never presented itself. And so um, when I went to Nashville as a single young woman, I was involved in a ministry called the Foundry. And um, as part of that ministry, sometimes they had groups of people come and pray for you or over you. And so at this one night, um, the leader of the Foundry said, if you want to be prayed for, you can come up here. So you don't know these people. But we just kind of made like three different lines and I went up and this man took my hand he didn't know me and he just looked at me and he goes don't worry Julie you'll still go to Africa someday so of course that was huge to me so then later I never went later um, I was at a women's conference and at the end of that conference we got a bag and in that bag was a magnet with different countries each person had a different country and the speaker just asked that you pray for that country and of course when I pulled mine out guess what it was Africa. So I just felt like, um, confirmations and affirmations. And then brother Caleb says, we're going to take a mission trip. And this first one's kind of big. Guess where we're going to go? Africa. So if you're interested, and I think I was down on the front row before he ever said, you know, if you're interested, come meet. So for me, it was like the vision yet for the appointed time, wait for it. And it will come. Well, it came. And so I'm so thankful to a church family who, um, supported that and allowed us to go. Uh, much less with my husband and one of our kids. So, um, But the encouragement to you all is that the Lord has chosen all of us. He didn't just choose me. And in Isaiah 6, 8, it says, um, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for me? Then I said, Here am I, send me. And so I just encourage you, if you're ever able to do that, hopefully we can take a bigger group, that you don't resist, that you follow the Lord's, Um, Leading on that Because he has chosen all of us And one of the things that they say about Spring Hill all the time Is how giving we are Financially I mean the Lamar County Baptist Association says Spring Hill is a smaller church But you give so much And that is great But it doesn't give a hug It doesn't let four kids pile up on your lap I mean I wished at that time Well I didn't wish for bigger thighs But if I had bigger thighs I would have let more kids get on there Because they would fight for that But I don't really want Anyway Um, but that was, you know, that's just something that hit me is we're called to go. Yes, we're called to give. And trust me, I I love that we give, but it changed me because we're called to go. And certainly when I said, I love you to a child would sound different than your, I love you's because your voice wouldn't sound like this. So go. Um, so he chose me. He challenged me the first day we got off the van and as you saw y'all, it was dirt Okay, so we didn't really know what to experience or what to expect. Um, as Sam said, he had some preconceived notions, but they didn't tell us that much of what to expect. And so I get off in teacher form, you know, so I sit in the dirt and two or three kids pile on, and I'm like, let's build a tower out of rocks. (laughs) Because I'm like, what do we do? So I take rocks and I start building. I promise. All they look at me like I was insane. So much less the you know communication barrier and my voice. But they're like, and I went, "Yeah, let's not build rocks." <laughs> I mean, it was like that part on Elf where he's like, "Yeah, let's just shake this." Up. Anyway, so um, but I held them, and God just began to challenge me, and He was like, "I've asked you, Psalm forty-six, ten, to be still. Just be still and know that I'm God. I'm in control." And I think we are so, I am so used to, let's entertain. Let's go skate. Let's go to a movie. Let's we're so used to have to being entertained all the time that my first instinct with kids who were content to sit in the dirt and be held was to build something, play something, let's go do something. They didn't want to do anything except be held and be loved. And so then it was like Abba, Father. You know, Abba means Daddy. Just crawl into my lap and be still and be content. So that was pretty convicting. And then I think Brother Caleb t- uh, touched on this. Um, the other part of that challenge was, I'm not, I'm a teacher, snotty noses and snot bubbles don't bother me that much, but um, it did remind me that God loves us while we are yet sinners. You know, those kids, they didn't have to be cleaned up for me to love on them. It was my natural instinct to go wrap my arms around them, hold them tight. And, you know, they ate with the same hands that they, nobody's talked about the long trough, That's the only thing I don't miss. That was disgusting, um, but they would go to the long drop and then come back and eat their lunch with their hands, and then you would hold them. And my favorite was the day that I picked up a little girl, and after she was on my lap, one of the other people that were there goes, "Oh yeah, she doesn't have underwear." Okay, you know what are you going to? You don't set them down. You just love them anyway because it doesn't matter. Um, and that's how we come to Christ. We don't get cleaned up first. He loves us right where we are, while we were yet sinners. He died for us. So that challenged me so he chose me he chose y'all he challenged me um, and then he changed me and this is probably where I get emotional but um, as Caleb said or as it talked about we each got to go to a home visit each day held a little bit something different which was great um, in my home visit the family met us outside and it was the father the mother and three children and the women talked very quietly it was great because I could too and then they couldn't tell I had a voice thing but, um, so they met us outside and they began sharing. Of course, we had an interpreter. And so the father shared that he had just lost his job. And then he was so excited. He went in and got his certificate of like plumbing or something. And he was like, so if you know of anybody, <laughs> of course, we're like, yeah, "We don't know." <laughs> okay, you know. And so, but he was so tickled to go get that and show that to us. It was a very big deal. And so we put the four bags of food down in front of them and we're just talking and um, one of the women in our group kind of shared about salvation. Well, she shared salvation and just said, You know, this food is pointless unless you open it. Like, it's not going to meet your need unless you actually open the food and cook it and eat it. In the same way with Christ, it's not enough just to know about Him unless you accept Him as your Lord and Savior. And so that was really neat. But they claim to be believers. Um, and so we're sitting there and we ask them, What well, can we pray for you? And so they'd been very content and very, you know, appreciative the whole time. And then the mother quietly says, Yesterday we ran out of food. And she says, So today we didn't know what we we're going to do. And last night we prayed that the Lord would send us food. And she goes, And then you all come today. And she didn't know that we were coming. They're not told. I don't believe that they're told. And so I'm looking at her and this family and, um, just a provision. I mean, those four bags of food will feed that family of five for three months, which is huge. And that was great. And so we finished the prayer, and I got in the car, and all of a sudden, the words Jehovah Jireh just screamed in my head. And so I'm like, wait, where is that? Where is that? Where is that? And so it's in Genesis 22 when Abraham has taken Isaac to kill him he didn't know that until he realized that there wasn't a lamb to be sacrificed and Isaac had carried his own wood and at the minute that Abraham is going to bring that knife down he looks over in a thicket and there's their provision and so the Lord provides the Lord will provide and so I get in the car after we left we hugged and I don't have a picture of them but we got in the car and I was wrecked I was undone and Cindy was like what is wrong with you and I said, because Cindy, first of all, he reminded me of his name. That he is Jehovah Jireh. Not the Lord can provide or the Lord, you know, is a provider. Jehovah Jireh means the Lord will provide. And I can't remember the last time I've been utterly dependent on him to provide. And I don't just mean financially. Like, you know, like Pete said, we're okay, Thankfully. If we weren't, you know, when Sam was born, you know, my parents gave us money during that time of life. Or, you know, when we were in Nashville by ourselves. I mean, or if we run out of one bank. There's typically, you know, you get the point. So, but I can't remember. They didn't have food for the next day. And she prayed. And it's like, it's like Caleb said, there was just this, I don't know, y'all, other than to say an utter dependence That God will provide, and then it hit me: He's done it over and over and over. So with Abraham and Isaac, or you know, somebody gave each of us a lot of money to the dollar amount that we needed to go on this trip, or that humankind, all of you, were provided a savior because the result or the the alternative would be hell, and that's what we deserve. But the Lord will provide, and he's done it throughout the story of the Bible. So I was a wreck. Um, and then I get to go see the special needs little girl who, just until yesterday, I thought her name was Labali Gugu, and that's not it. Um, that's actually the name of the ministry, so I was so excited that I could pronounce that, and I can't. I don't know if you can get to that one, Leanne, the little girl in the wheelchair, uh, well, she's not little. She's 15. Um, but it, she is, um, She has cerebral palsy. And so if you're born with special needs, if you're born, they believe it's a curse that your family has done evil. And so you never get to go to school. You really don't get to go into public at all. So this little girl's life, um, she lays in the dirt. And her parents left her. And so her go-go, her grandmother... Um, If she gets in her wheelchair or out of her wheelchair, it's usually once a day. So there she is. Oh, she's so cute. So that little grass mat is what she lays on all day long. And so when we got there, it was like a nurse. And then I used to teach special needs children. And then um, Anna is in the back. And then a physical therapist. And she's trying to get a job to work with these kids. And so the heart of one of the missionary teams, Steve, who was the cook, and Amy McAdams, they want to um, have a, um, a care point of sorts or a ministry for these children with special needs. And so anyway, we were there and the teacher just kicked in and I started, she had a squeeze ball and I made her get it and I made her reach her hand and that kind of stuff. She was doing all this stuff, doing a puzzle. And then all of a sudden, um, I gave her the ball and we were talking Well, she takes that ball, and she just rears back, looks at me, and throws it. And I squealed, because I wasn't expecting it. Well, she let out this barrel laugh. It was the most precious thing I've heard in a long time. And so I'm like, oh, okay, it's on. And so we would throw that back and forth. And I just thought, um, well, when we left, Amy McAdams, the missionary, said that's probably more interaction than she's had in a month. So her life is to lay on the dirt floor, and we would shoe flies off of her face. Um, and the grandmother is by herself raising a 15-year-old child with special needs and, um, you know, who uses chucks. I mean, she has to change her. And so that's one of my prayer requests is, you know, of course the 40% needed to sponsor this care point, but also, you know, if any of you are interested in, um, that's where my heart is to help these kiddos with special needs get some type of interaction because, like I said, they're treated as if they're, they've are they done something wrong and they're just looked down upon So... He chose me he challenged me and he changed me um, just that you will provide and then that night I was sharing this at our debriefing at the missionary home and then brother Caleb of course I'm a mess then too because I'm sharing it it just happened and then brother Caleb said um, by the way Julie's brother um, that's okay to share right okay is that uh, he gave two hundred dollars and that two hundred dollars he didn't know but that two hundred dollars um, had fed those families that we went to see. And so just the dynamic that God just brought that all around and allowed our family to be at work. Um, I was just overcome with God's faithfulness, with his provision and his goodness. And so real quick, cause I know you're tired and you want to stretch, but, um, God at work there. Yes, I think we planted some seeds. I think we watered a lot because the shepherds and those people have poured their lives into the hearts of those children. Um, I got to share this thing. It's up here. I didn't know who likes this, but is it a magic cube? And they would ask me to read my book. And this is what they meant. So we would share the gospel through that sometimes. And I asked one of the little girls one time, I said, who is Jesus? And she said, God's son and my savior. And I just wonder how many of us could have answered that quickly and that succinctly. That that's who he is. He's God's son and, and my savior. It was personal and that was encouraging. And so just to continue to pray for them and for that care point to be 100% um, provided for. Thank y'all again. The messages, the encouraging phone calls from my family, um, sweet sweet messages each day knowing that you were praying. Uh, it just meant the world, but just the, the opportunity to go and see what God is doing was uh, incredible. So thank you.
0: Well, y'all, I know you're exhausted. I know you're tired, and uh, thank you for sticking it out. It went longer than expected, and I've always told myself, because I I grew up with pastors and preachers that would apologize if the service went long, if they preached a long time, I promised myself on day one that I would never, ever, ever apologize for a time of worship going long, so that's unfortunate for you. (laughs) But um, I pray that tonight has been, though long and winding, that it has been very rewarding. Um we poured our hearts out, and as I said at the beginning, there's no way that we could sufficiently communicate what's going on in our hearts, but we hope that it's been done okay. Uh, thank you guys again. I'm going to leave you with this. Uh, I bought this at the marketplace there, and I can't tell. I don't know if you can see what's going on here, but this is a sculpture that they built, um, one of the ladies built there in Swatini, and it's a, sort of an abstract sculpture of a, a parent figure bending down and picking up a child. And uh, I'm going to keep this in my office just as a reminder of the ministry that we were doing there, but that really this is a portrait of a much greater love. And that's the love that God has for those kids, for you, for this church, and for our world. All right. Let's pray and be dismissed. Father, thank you for your grace. We know that you've been worshipped tonight. We love you. And we thank you for this evening. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, sorry, one more thing. These cards up here, if you're interested in what sponsorship looks like, there's a little flyer up here. I'm going to put them on this table, okay? If you want one, you can come grab one. They're limited in supply, so um, hopefully only semi-serious inquiries, okay? But these are going to be right down here. You guys are dismissed. Thank you.